This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Sadly recalling the events of the year 2020, welcoming in a new year couldn't have been a better time for Pastor Ray to teach his just-completed five-part encouragement series on the subject of hope. Unfortunately, as faith's partner, faith without hope can only be hopeless faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. What could be a more important subject for pastors' follow-up on hope than a four-program series that's all about faith? The Old Testament faith walkers of this series opening eight-day message, This is Faith, understood the power and truth of what God meant by the just shall live by faith. Realizing their faith walk was never meant to be a cakewalk, but rather a lifestyle, all took the actions necessary, referred to as their five cylinders of faith, set their faith in motion, and thereby all accomplished great things. Here's Pastor with his opening faith series message. I want to talk to you about faith. Just plain old simple faith. There's some of you here tonight that maybe you're just a little weary in your faith. Maybe you need to get your faith jump-started. Maybe there's some here that you've been walking for so many years in faith that, you know, you've become maybe just a little, um, maybe you've forgotten some things. You know, once you hear it again, you'll remember it. But maybe you've forgotten some things that's kind of weakening you or causing you to uh, maybe feel like you're, you know, you're not, you're not getting things done. Your faith is not really working. And you become maybe just a little lethargic in your faith. So we want to jumpstart some faith. Maybe for some that are here tonight, um, this is like new to you. You've never really heard. You've sat in church for years and you've heard the preacher talk about faith, but he's never really taught the principles of faith and how faith operates and how faith works and how you get faith to work in your life. Because faith is not just a word. Faith is not just an idea. Faith is not a thought. Faith is something that can change your life if you know how to work it. And there's so many people whose faith is dormant and how faith can lie dormant in the life of a believer. Um, You see, just because you're a believer doesn't mean that you are living in the full benefits of your faith. Your faith is not operating to the fullest extent that God would have it to operate. So, you know, so we want to go over some of these principles and be reminded of them and be encouraged. Now, you know, Uh, Yeah, let me just address this issue because, you know, I am a person who repeats messages. And the reason why I repeat messages is because we need to hear it over and over again, right? Now, now, I like to cook, and, you know, I cook different meals, but there are certain meals that I cook all the time because I really like them. There are certain meals I cook more often than other because I need to eat them because they're good, they're healthy. Salad is healthy. Broccoli is healthy. Just because I ate something once doesn't mean that I don't ever need it again. I need to have um, a pretty varied diet in order to, order to be strong and have a healthy life. So we need to go over these principles. I am a repeater. I like to repeat my messages. I, I just feel I get encouraged every time that I go over them. 
So, so I, it's been a while since I've done a series on faith that I could see from my records. So let's see where we go with this, all right? So let's open our Bibles and let's use a couple of very simple verses just to be reminded. But let's go, let's go to Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. And then I want you to put a finger in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, all right? So it says here, are you in Romans 1? One person is, so I'll wait for everybody else. How long should I wait? All right. Is everybody at Romans now? All right. So Romans uh, chapter 1 and verse 17, for it says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed. Well, let's start at verse 16. For I am not ashamed, Paul writes, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written. Now listen to what is written. Listen to what is written. Everybody pay attention. The just shall live by faith. Now whether you like it or not, God is commanding you, God is telling you by his word, that believers, because we're called the just ones, we've been, that righteousness has been imputed to us by Jesus Christ, it makes us just, just and righteous. The just shall live by faith. We're not supposed to be living by our senses. Come on, give me, give me more amens than that. We're not supposed to be living by our feelings. We're not supposed to be living by the prevailing, you know, thought, political idea, or, you know, politically correct idea. We are called to live by faith. And faith, you know, faith has the power to take from the spirit realm the very things you need and want and make them a reality in this realm that we live. The just shall live by faith. Now, one of the things that I learned so many years ago, and this is not my thing, but Fred Price said this many years ago and I've never forgotten. He said, faith, you have to live it every single day. He said, a lot of people use faith like a spare tire. They never think about their faith until they get a flat, I mean about their, their spare tire, until they get a flat tire. And then all of a sudden, they're scrambling around, you know, hoping that there's a tire in, in the trunk. And that's the only time. I mean, really, when you think of it, when was the last time you looked at your spare tire? How many of you even know if you have a spare tire? Right. When was the last time you looked at your your jack or your tire iron or whatever they have today. Of course, now I've got these run flat tires so they don't give you a spare, which makes me nervous. See, I, and, and then well, the other side of this whole thing is that some of you, you might have a, uh, you might have a spare tire, but you don't have a, a clue on how to change the tire. Personally, I think that they should make that part of the exam when you get a license is that you've got to change a tire <laughs> to prove that you can drive a car, amen? <laughs> anyway, that's just my thought. But how many times have you thought about your spirit? Well, that's how, some, that's how a lot of Christians are with their faith. They don't think about faith until they have a problem in their life. And then they're scrambling around, you know, trying to figure out how to muster up enough faith to get through this sickness or to get through this challenge or to get through this problem or through this warfare. But yet the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. That means I ought to be using my faith for everything in my life. Every little thing in my life, my faith ought to be reaching out and working for, for me and in my behalf. In other words, I'm having faith for, you know, even sometimes the smallest little thing in life, I'm using my faith and trusting that God 
will make things happen that I need to happen in my life. But often people see when, when things are going really good in your life, you got to be really careful because you're, you might start to walk by your senses because then you don't think you need God. Then you don't think you need faith because you've got things going. Now the converse is true because sometimes you can get your faith developed to a level where you, you pretty much, you know, you've got faith going and you don't have to keep going over it. Like, you know, like say maybe in the area of, of your health or finances. Your faith is so strong in those areas that you don't have to keep like confessing those scriptures because they're part of you. They're in you. You just live them every day. They're, they're in there and, and they, they come out of you. Uh, you don't have to pray and, and, and say, you know, you know, like beg God for, for what you need. It's there and it's part of you. But every day we're to live by faith. So it would seem to me that if the just are to live by faith, then faith is a really important subject that we need to hear about on a very regular basis. Because my question to you, how many of you are really living by faith? Are you trusting, let me put it this way, are you trusting your employer more than you're trusting God as your source? Because if your faith is in your job or in your employer or your company, you're in big trouble because that company could go out of business tomorrow. And then we're going to find out where your faith is. Oh, come on, am I speaking to anybody here? The just shall live by faith. So we must learn in every aspect. Now, we thank God for the new job or the job we have, but my, my trust is not in that job. My trust and hope is not in, in, in you know, or, you know what, what you do for a living. Your trust and your hope has got to be in the living God because those things can evaporate. And you can tell the difference between people who are walking by faith and those who are not. Because when, when things like a job goes away and people freak out and flip out and, and they fall apart, it proves that they have no faith. It proves that in that area of their life, they're not walking by faith. Because although it may scare you and you may feel lousy about it, and you may feel a little confused, there's something in you, there's this faith that you have in God that overrides all of those negative feelings. Even though it doesn't feel good, you don't want to be there, you don't like where you are, you don't want this to be happening. There's this faith that overrides it because you know that eventually this thing is going to come to an end and God's got something even better in store for you. Come on, am I speaking to anybody here? The just shall live, not just once in a while, but we ought to be expressing our faith every single day in every way, shape, and form that we can because that's what we're called to do, all right? So now, if you go over to 2 Corinthians, that was Romans, the just shall live by faith. Let's just look at another verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. So the Bible is teaching us, a very familiar verse to many of us, we walk or we should be walking by faith and not by sight. In other words, sometimes what we see in the seen realm can be pretty scary, can be pretty tough, can be pretty hard, but you see, we who walk by faith are not moved by what we see. We're moved by our faith and what we know about God's word and that how God's word will work in my life and change my circumstances. Faith can change what you're seeing. Am I speaking to anybody? Are you getting this? Faith can change this you know, present warfare you're going through or challenge you're going through. That's how God works through the realm of faith. So we walk by faith and not by sight. If you're a person that's always looking and moved by what you see, you're going down because things are 
you know, all kinds of things are happening that, that can affect your senses. And the devil loves to work in the, in the realm of the senses because he knows that that's where he can fight, fight you and that's where he can win over you and he can, he can stop you from your, your faith. My faith has to override what I see all the time. Did you hear what I said? My faith has to override what I see. My faith is telling me one thing, but sometimes the things that I'm seeing are trying to tell me something else. But according to the word of God, we don't walk by what we see. I said, we don't walk by what we see. We don't walk by what we feel. We don't walk by what we hear. For the just shall live by faith, and the just shall walk by faith, and not by human natural sight or the sense of sight. Come on, somebody in this house, give me a better amen. That's what we're called to do. Why? Because God has programmed us to win and to be more than conquerors. But you have to, you have to participate. You have to do your part. Your part is to learn to walk the faith walk. And not just see people say, well, I have faith, yeah, I have faith. But everything that you're saying and everything you're doing is contrary to faith. And it's amazing how many believers I've encountered over the years have no idea how to walk, how to operate in faith. So thus, this first lesson that we'll talk about tonight is the, the operation of faith. How do you operate in faith? What are the principles that make up the operation of faith? Let me, let me give you an analogy here because you've got to have all the things, all the components of faith working in your life if it's going to produce for you. Can you understand that? Is everybody on the same page with me? All right. So, so let, let me give you an analogy. Uh, you all have cars. Most of us have a car. And, and I'll just talk about my car. My car has six cylinders. I have a six-cylinder engine. And I've got a turbo boost in mind. So at one point, you know, I put my foot on that gas pedal and it gets up to so many RPMs. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoo, the thing just kicks in. And that supercharged boost, whatever, the turbo boost just kicks in. And, and it sends me down the road speeding. And been a few times I almost got a ticket doing that. But, but got to be really careful. You know, well, it's not my fault. It's the car I drive. They just drive fast. It's not me. It's the car. It's the car. I can't help it. But anyway, anyway, my car has six cylinders, right? Now, if one of my cylinders or two of my cylinders decide to not work, what's going to happen to my car? Have you, have you ever, I've, I've experienced that because many years ago, I, when I was, you know, poor, broke, and insufficient, I had used cars and one time one of the cylinders blew and the car was like, boop, 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 and black smoke was pouring out, out the, the tailpipe, you know, and I got pulled over. One time I was like, you got to get this car off the road because you're polluting the air. And, you know, when, when a cylinder is not operating right, the car does not function the way it was created to function. You have to have all six cylinders in my car operating, functioning together in unison because each cylinder you know uh, plays upon the other the other one and together they create the energy the 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 uh, power that pro, uh, propels that car and that engine forward it makes the car go well faith is the same way if you don't have all the cylinders of faith working in your life then you're going to be like a car that's only that's built with six cylinders but you're only operating on three or two or four you can't operate a six-cylinder engine on four. They do make four-cylinder engines, I think. They still do. Right, so, but you can't operate a six-cylinder engine with four cylinders. It wasn't created that way. A six-cylinder engine must have all six cylinders running. 
and faith was created and the principles of faith are very much the same way in the life of a believer. You have to have all the principles of faith operating simultaneously all together in unison in order for your faith to really work and produce and to create in your life. Come on, somebody give me a better amen. Now, I've seen over my, my life a lot of Christians operating on a couple of cylinders but not operating on all the cylinders of faith. So tonight, I want to talk about, um, we're going to call this the five cylinders of faith. These are the five cylinders of faith that must be operating in a believer's life in order to get maximum output and to be able to see your faith produce everything that God intends for your faith to produce. Remember, we're to be living by this. This is not a spare tire. We're to be walking by this. It means every day we're walking by our faith. My faith is propelling me every day. It's driving me. It's bringing me where I want to go. My desires, my needs, my wants, they are being created by my faith that's in full operation every single day of my life. Is everybody on the same page with me? All right. So we're going to talk about the five cylinders of faith. All right. The very first cylinder of faith is very simple. It's knowing. Everybody say knowing. You have to know. Now, for some of us who have been in the Word for a lot of years, this is, this is not, you know, this is like really basic. And we, but you know what I found out? Even for those of us that have been in the Word for many, many years, it still overwhelms me that every time I get into the Word, I find out something I didn't know. Or I see an old verse in a whole new way that propels my faith into a whole new level. Or I see other verses that's, that are connected to the same thought and idea of a verse that I've made, have known for years. All of a sudden I find another verse that connects with that verse and just causes me to have an explosion of revelation and understanding which propels my faith. Faith has to start with knowing. You must know the word of God. You're not going to get away, lazy bones. On, see, this is the problem with a lot of believers. We're trying to get, on, get, on, get along with some, on somebody else's faith. You want to ride on somebody else's coattails. But God's called you to walk by faith. He's called you to live by faith. You can't live by somebody else's faith. So the very first cylinder of faith is that you have to know. You have to know the word of God. The word of God must become familiar to you. It can't be foreign to you. It's something that you must know, that, you, that, that you, are, you are in relationship with every day of your life in one way or another. You're being reminded, you're, you're, you're reading, you're, you're meditating, you're thinking, you're calling back up verses. Every day, you're remembering the stories of the Bible because you never know when you're going to need that word in the scope or the scheme of things. So it begins with knowing. You have to know. One great man of God said this so many years ago, and it stuck with me. He said, faith begins where the will of God is known. Amen. One of the things that we have, to, we have to really kind of nail down here tonight, because this is where people get mixed up and confused. The will of God is not some, you know, thing out there Amen. that some people know and some people don't know. The will of God is his word. Do you also, you know, people say, well, I, you know, I pray if, if it be thy will. Let me tell you, before you pray, you better know what God's will is. How can you have faith for something if you don't know what God's will is? Faith begins where the will of God is known. 
That's why you have to know the Word of God. To know the Word of God is to know the will of God. To know the will of God gives you the right to believe God for that thing in your life, to use your faith for that particular thing. If it's not God's will, how could you use your faith? If God doesn't will it, how, how, you can't have faith for it. But when you know it's God's will, then you can have faith. You can believe God. So, to, so the very first thing we've got to come to understand is that knowing is the very first cylinder of faith. You must know. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 says it this way. My people are destroyed from a lack or for a lack of knowledge. Why does destruction come in the life of Christians so often? Is it because God wants to destroy them? Is it because God doesn't love them? No. He says, here's the answer. He said, my people are destroyed. Let me read it again. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. What's the knowledge that he's talking about? The knowledge of the word of God. See, because if you know, then then you you can use your faith to believe God, but if you don't know, you're never going to exercise your faith. I grew up, listen, I grew up, you know, I grew up Catholic and I, I loved God as a kid. I went to church, but I didn't know. I had no idea. I didn't know the word of God. They, in fact, when I was a kid, the, the, the Bible was this fancy book. My mother's was blue and it and, and had all these beautiful pictures in it. And it sat on a coffee table. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you grew up in the Catholic church, you know what I'm talking about, right? It sat on the cocktail table. And we were told that we should never read the Bible unless there was a priest present. That's what I was told. That's what we were told, that we shouldn't read the Bible because you needed somebody like a priest to interpret and to tell you what the Bible really means and really really says. So, well, we never read the Bible. I looked at the pictures. The pictures were beautiful. I would, we would, you know, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd hold the Bible and say, oh, it's the word of God. You know, look, it was about 40 pounds. You know, it was like this big thing. Well, oh, it's the word of God. Well, but, I, but I didn't know it. And, and as a result, as a kid, right into my early 20s, I was being robbed at every level. Poor, broke, insufficient. Watched my family having all kinds of troubles and hardships. My mother suffering. Well, well what brought all of that on? It was because of a lack of knowledge. Because the moment I began to get the knowledge of God's word, when I found out that God didn't want me broke and poor, because I, I, I grew up poor, you know, we didn't have much. My father died when I was 14. Some of you know the story. And we just, we, you know, we were just, I, I could, spent most of my young years running to Con Ed because they were, for my mother because they were about to turn the lights off. Running to the water company because they're going to shut the water off. Running, to, to, well, back then they didn't have cable, but when we did have cable, running to the cable company before they shut the cable. I know what it was. And, 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 and so, so, see, when I came to know the word of God, I realized, I said, wait a minute, God doesn't want me poor. You know, prosperity is the reward of the righteous. He, he, he came to, to, to set me free from, well, then I'm not going to be poor anymore. That's when I began my faith walk on the promise of prosperity in my life. Now, if you don't know that from the Bible, you'll go on your whole life being poor, broke, insufficient, never have anything. And thinking, and there are people thinking that's the way God wants them to be. There are people who think, really, there are people who think that poverty somehow is synonymous with humility and godliness. There ain't no verse in this Bible that I have ever come to find where you put poverty, lack and insufficiency with holiness 
and, 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 and humility. I don't see it. I've never seen it. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, PastorRayNY.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's PastorRayNY.com.